What's up, guys? Welcome to the Reborn Podcast. My name is Ashley Horner, and I'm here with my super sexy, super oh, beautiful co-host, Miss <laughs> Lena Del Rey. Hey, guys. Yeah. Hey, I, you know, <laughs> I feel like I'm like I always give you a hard time, so I have to Aww. sugarcoat things sometimes. And thank you, blow smoke up your ass. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just once in a while. Yeah. So, um, yeah, welcome, guys. Um, we have a really uh, we have a really special guest today that I, I'm excited that we'll introduce. Friend of yours, little, correct? Yeah, a friend. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do something pretty cool together in the upcoming months. But you don't get to know that till the end of the podcast. So well, you have to listen this Maybe not the time. very end of the podcast. No, we got to tease them. <laughs> it might accidentally slip on. before the end of the podcast. <laughs> um, so there was this one time. You know I was living in Guam. For a while, did or you know did, that? No, you didn't. Okay. Sometimes so. I like we're on this podcast. You're like, did you know this? I'm like, no. I learned something new about. Yeah. You know how they say you learn something new every day. I learn something new about Ashley every day. Every time we talk. That's how wild my life is, guys. It and really it goes is. like it's 150 so miles an hour every single day. So there you was this time I was living in Guam. I uh, I was a new resident of Guam. I had only I had only been there for maybe like maybe a couple weeks and um, in the process of like making friends. And I met this guy, just a friend. And he was like, Hey, you want to go cave diving, explore some caves? And I was like, yeah, (laughs) you know, from Oklahoma. Yeah. I want to go like explore some caves. I've never done that before. So um, we got in his truck and we drove uh, to the jungle. Like Guam is the woods. It's considered jungle. It's it's tropical. It's It's a jungle type vegetation. We drove to the jungle. We went through this gate that was like restricted only, still drove through it. Um, we got out of his truck. I had a Kim light and then he handed me a helmet with like some sort of, it was, it was a wetsuit, but it wasn't, um, it was just like a, like a spring was, suit. Maybe it was just a really thin, I don't know if it would really even qualify as a, a wetsuit. Yeah. Um, so I had, I had like this, like a wetsuit type thing on, um, I had a helmet and then I had a Kim light. We got out of his truck we walked probably about a half a mile further into the jungle. Sketchy. Yes. We got to this drainage ditch. This is literally sounding more and more sketchy the more you go on. I'm like, is this one of those I almost died stories? This is a, this is a mentally, this is a, yes. This is an I, I almost died Are you going to run story. or are you going to, are you going to run away or, or are you going to run towards fight or the fight? fight? So, um, I, I, I didn't know anybody on Guam, right? So I, I didn't I didn't text anybody to let them know where I was going. I had just met this person. I didn't really know the extent of, of truly what cave diving was, okay? Right. Um, he pulled up this drainage ditch in the middle of the jungle, and he was like, okay, we're going to go down there. It was literally, it looked like a sewage drain, uh, but there was fresh water running out. And so, you know, I'm like, okay, like, awesome. Let's oh go do it. Oh, my God. And so he went down first. We literally, it was Didn't almost like... Did not to talk to strangers and yeah. not to trust strangers? It was a... Uh, it was like a episode of Ninja Turtles where we went down the sewage drain. The Master Splinter. Yeah, going down to see. I thought I was going to see the Ninja Turtles on there. But um, anyway, so we um, started traveling downwards. We crawled down. And then it actually opened up to this beautiful cave with uh, calactite. Um, the, it's like where it's oh, like stalactite. Stalactite. Thank you. Where it's the rocks that are hanging down like icicles. There's like stalactite and stalagmite. Do you ever? It's like stalactite because it hangs tight to the ceiling, and stalagmites on the floor. So we had both. <laughs> there was both uh, stalactites and stalagmites. Didn't know you were getting a science lesson today, did you? Yeah. And um, 
so we were walking in through uh, this cave and we were exploring and was it dark? It was dark, but there were pieces of, of the light from like the tiny hole that we came through. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's why I, we had a Kim light and then I think I had uh, just a light on my head. It had to have been like extra light and it was beautiful down there. It was, it was peaceful. It was, I had never seen anything like this and we kept going back towards the back of the cave and we were down there exploring for maybe 20 or 30 minutes, just kind of walking further and further back into the cave. And it got to the point where like the water, the water wasn't coming up. We were going deeper into the water uh, to the end of the cave where there was just a big uh, face of a rock facing me. Mm -hmm. And at this point I was, I wasn't treading water. I was barely on my tippy toes, but I could like bounce up and down. Right. And um, so this guy was like, you know, my buddy was in here Last week, he said, if you reach down below, like if you go underwater, there's going to be a rope under there. You're going to hold your breath and you're going to pull yourself under the rock, counting to 20, slowly letting the air out of after you hold your breath. And he was like, so I'm going to go down first. He's like, I'm going to grab the rope. I'm going to pull myself under this boulder. And whenever I get to the other side, I'm going to yell your name really loud. And then you're going to know that it's that it's safe to come. And he said, count to 20 on this side. I'm going to count to 20 and I should be over to the other side. I was like, okay, cool. You know? And My so sure enough, racing right now. he took a deep breath, <sighs> held it and he went underwater. Okay. It, it's so dark in there. Right now. It's so dark. St- we had a Kim light and then we had a light on our helmet and that was it. We didn't have any, um, like breathing aspira- apparatuses. We didn't nothing. We didn't have any scuba gear, um, just a helmet and our Kim light. And so sure enough, he went underneath, grabbed a rope, supposedly, started pulling himself to the other side. And, you know, I'm on, I'm still where he left me and I'm counting one, two, three, four, all the way. 15, yeah. 16, 17, oh my God. 18. And I started slowing down and I got to 20 and I, 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 like stood there and I was like kind of bobbing out and I was getting tired, you know, and I, I didn't hear him. I couldn't, I didn't hear him call my name. Um, and then I yelled out and I'm like, are you there? Hello? Is anybody here? And it was silence. Holy shit. And that moment, did you, I, I wanted, I wanted to run the other way, but the problem was I didn't know where I was. I didn't know how to get back to the truck. And I mean, he probably locked the truck, but it wasn't even, it was, it wasn't even that I was thinking, okay, he's either dead underneath the rock and I either need to go under there and save him. Cause at that time it had probably been like 30 seconds, 45 seconds. And, um, and so I was like, all right, I just got to go under there and see if I can find him. And so I took a deep breath in and I started, I, I, uh, went underneath the water. I grabbed the rope and I started pulling myself underneath this boulder. And the entire time, I could just feel my helmet scraping the top of this rock. Oh, my God. And slowly, I was breathing out. And I got to about so 20, stressed. counting very calmly. Okay? okay. And I felt this hand grab me from underneath the rock. Pitch black, right? Couldn't see. Didn't have goggles. Nothing. Grab me. Was it me. salt water? I'm like, did you? I were you able? No, even if you opened water. your eyes, you couldn't see. I don't see. know. 
but yeah, it was dark. You couldn't see anyways. It didn't matter. Cause you were like underneath the, the earth surface, like under a rock. And I felt a hand grab me and like pull me like away. And it was him. He pulled me into this tiny pocket about this, like probably a little bit bigger than a bucket where both of our heads fit up and we could get oxygen. Oh my God. Anyways, that was, uh, and he was like, so I think there's another rope under here. You're like, I'm and good. I, yeah. I said, you know, like, what? He, you know I said, what? this that has been a really great experience. Let's but, send uh, you on a good note. Yeah. And uh, we we ended up going back and had to do the same thing. Take a deep breath under, pull ourselves underneath it. And um, when you started this story, my mind was like, oh, my God, did this guy like try to murder you? (laughs) Was there like sketchy people in the cage trying to? Am I? I think think there had only been like one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it could have happened. Right. (laughs) Because I was like, I would have karate escape murder like three times. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So that that was wild. And I think. Like in that, that, that moment, fight or flight moment that when, you had that adrenaline rush. Oh yeah, in that moment when we're faced with fear, the fear of not knowing what's on the other side. You know, every part of me, and I'll never forget that story. Like every part of me wanted to run the opposite direction, mm-hmm. but um, I, I couldn't, and I didn't want to. But on top of all that, like I had to stay calm right because right the moment that you panic that's when shit hits the fan yeah like if i would have gone under that rock like panicked i, I would i wouldn't have had any breath to hold you probably could have like hit your head to something yeah, or i could have passed out underneath yeah. there bad deal bad yeah. deal never that's my that was my one and only experience cave diving i don't think Will i'll ever be your last um i think if i was better equipped but people, my brother's on some crazy cave diving. People die like yeah. doing cave diving all yeah. the time. So with that story, I'm really excited to bring on uh, a good friend of mine, Casey Mitchell, okay. who <laughs> I know who has been through uh, some mentally challenging and trying things. And him and I are about to do an amazing wait, feat no, together. No, no, I almost no, said it. Yeah. <laughs> no, wait We're about to end. do an amazing feat together. And uh, I'm really excited to bring him on to our podcast today. Yes. We are excited to welcome on Casey Mitchell himself to the Reborn podcast um, with Miss Lena Del Rey. How are you doing today, Casey? I'm good. Here. 75 degrees outside today, so I'm stoked. Oh, what part nice. of California are you from? Bakersfield, Central Valley. Did you get any snow recently? No, you got to drive about 30 minutes or so to get snow, but so it's not too far away. Mm-hmm. That's crazy how it can be 75 in one place and then snow 30 minutes away. I know. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. So, so Casey and I have been <clears throat> friends for a really long time. I did, when did we meet? Do you I was going to ask, how did you guys meet? Honestly, I couldn't even tell you. I think we met at an expo. I met. I think I met you through Chris, and then after that, we just kind of just kept in touch. And then I came out there for your uh, what is it, the vow thing, and we, you know, went hard at that. And ever since then, we've just been kind of friends since then. Yeah. When was how many years ago was Vets Valor? About three. Three years ago. Yeah. yeah. Man, that was a lot of fun. So Vets no, Valor, it, 
Yeah, it was. Yeah. So the, 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 this is why Kay, Casey and I are basically like brothers and sisters. And um, whenever Casey came out to Virginia Beach, we did a 24-hour wad where we did a workout every hour on the hour for 24 hours. And we did it to raise money um, for a veterans nonprofit. I think there was like a couple different ones that we were raising money for. And, um, you know, Casey, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about your background and um, who you are, that it just is outstanding, um, has a background in powerlifting. And in fact, you hold like a couple world records. I mean, this guy, and I know that you, if, if you don't know who Casey is, if you're not following Casey Miss Mitchell on Instagram, social medias, he is, he lives up to his IG name and that is the one-legged monster. Is that right? <laughs> is that, did I get that right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> so whenever he came out to Virginia Beach to do Vets Valor with us, you know, this big, burly power lifter guy, um, I'm, you know, I was like, okay, we're going to do burpees. We're going to do burpee box jumps. We're going to do rows. We're going to do wall balls. This is shit that Casey has never had never done before. Um, and oh. let me tell you, he, he, ha- he absolutely hated me. And <laughs> <laughs> on the uh, 24th hour, we did Murph. Didn't we do Murph? Yeah. I, it's, it's one of my favorite parts of the whole entire thing because me and you, you stayed to like battle me out on the Murph. And because of the running part, I rode. And so you rode with me. And then you were kicking my ass until the push ups. And then I did all the push ups. And you just looked at me and you go, You just did all those push ups at once, didn't you? And I said, Yes. And then I got to go hey. row, <laughs> you know? So. It explain funny. explain to Lena because she doesn't know what is I've the, heard what of is the Murph. Murph. You told me you did it the other day or like a few months ago, and I'm like, I, okay, I, I know honestly, it's a memory of be, someone. Yeah, because I don't do this this CrossFit wad thing. I don't know the how many push ups or how many pull ups, sit ups, and push ups you do, but I know you have to run a, like a mile or so, or I don't know. Actually, you tell her because I don't remember like the order that it went in. You don't remember that glorious hour? I would love to refresh your memory. All right. The Murph is. He blocked it from his memory. He's like, I'm good. (laughs) Yeah, he did. Um, It's wearing a weighted kit, like a weighted vest. Uh, You do. It's either a mile or a mile and a half run. I think it's a mile. It's a one mile run in your weighted kit. It is 100 pull-ups in your weighted kit. uh, 200 push-ups in your weighted kit. And... 300 squats in your weighted kit and then a final one mile run or I think it's a, I think it's a one mile run. Um, and yeah, so, and with Casey's injury, he is an amputee on your right leg, left leg, left leg. Uh, so, you know, he got out a little bit easy cause he didn't have to run and he just rode, which is easier. Uh, I would so not say even though, rowing's easier. <laughs> uh, so that that was kind of the first. I just remember it was definitely an emotional moment for everybody. I think, um, you know, it, it was really hard mentally to push through our I, – I just remember in the middle of the night um, getting through – the next wad and the next wad, it'd, it'd be like we would do a wad and then everybody would just kind of lay on the floor and fall asleep and pass out or roll out. And then we'd all have to get up again and do another wad. And we, we did these wads to honor, honor somebody. Um, before we would start every hour, we honored um, uh, uh, someone who had lost their life. And we did that workout for um, like a hero wad. 
And so it was really powerful Ooh. in the last one. Uh, we were just so glad. And I, I just remember, y- you know, you absolutely hated me at one point in the <laughs> night. And then it, it just was, it was, came. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was miserable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But for um, a good cause. It was for a good cause. So tell, was, can you just, yeah. can you share your story with us, Casey? Yeah. So, uh, so I, I basically was in the military and I uh, did my first tour in Iraq in 0506 and then uh, did my second tour in Afghanistan, 2009, 2010. And then I was, I was probably there about 12 months. I went on uh, my last mission and got hit by a pressure plate IED in the vehicle that I was commanding. Um, big pressure plate IED blew through the vehicle, kind of just tore me to shreds, I guess you could say. And then I spent the next well, about three years, um, one year at Walter Reed and two years at uh, Balboa down in San Diego, basically having surgeries and rehabilitation. So technically, I just basically lived in and out of a hospital for three years um, after my you know, uh, incident. And um, yeah, I mean, I ended up losing my left leg. My right leg is basically limb salvaged, even to this day. You know, it still caused me a lot of issues. Um, I had damage from my right forearm, uh, lower, bra- lower back fracture, um, had some TBI, you know, just a lot of little, you know, second and third degree burns, you know, just some an- annoying little things. But, uh, you know, I, I, I've been near, near like about 50 surgeries or so, you know, over those three years. Wow. And, uh, I'm, you know, I'm sure I have to have more down the road. My knees kind of give my knees finally given, get kind of given out. Cause I took a lot of damage to that right knee as well. And to the right ankle. So that's kind of starting to give me a lot of problems all due to everything that I've been doing lately. But, uh, uh, so yeah, I went through that and then I, uh, you know, got uh, medically retired, which wasn't in my game plan at that time. And uh, basically got pushed out of the army. And then I moved to Bakersfield where I'm at now and didn't have anything to kind of like uh, wake up to. I didn't have a job. There was nothing for me to do. I still was trying to learn how to like walk and be mobile and um, uh, uh, just kind of accept, uh, you know, everything, you know, whether it be physical or mental. And so I, you know, I just kept waking up every day with really like no purpose. I felt like, you know, but just to wake up. And so I, I fell deep into video games, junk food, and um, like basically the narcotics that I was prescribed for all the pain and everything like that. And just over a time without me like really realizing, I became addicted to these narcotics, and I was taking them more and more. And then I was got to a point where I was just taking them to kind of just be on cloud nine and kind of like physically be here but mentally not be here and i didn't have any friends i didn't know anybody in bakersfield and i don't know the only friends i had were these fucking people on a headset where uh at that time in my life they didn't know who i was what i looked like didn't know about me you know being an amputee uh are you talking about are you talking about like playing video games what do you mean in a headset video games video games video yeah games. so like it's just people you know and i just kind of got to be who I was before I got injured, you know, which was kind of like just a hard ass, you know, and I know it sounds weird, like on a video game, you're hardest, but yeah, I just got to be my normal self, you know? And, you know, there's just no insecurities because you can be whoever you want to be, I guess you could say on a video game. Right. And so I just, you know, fell deep into it and was just, that was the only time. And I had pills that basically I would take and, and uh, I realized that they could keep me up for very long periods of time. So I would take them and stay, you know, I would just, just literally sit down on a couch. Uh, you know, I, I still have it to this. I still have this couch. It was this dark brown uh, couch that my ex-wife had bought from Ikea. 
And I remember I had sat in this one spot for so long, just over a period of time that I actually like indented that spot of just sitting there gaming so much. And I like that chair because it's a good reminder of like, kind of like where I wasted my life, I guess you could say, you yeah. know? And so I, uh, you know, ended up going to Disneyland with my daughter and my ex-wife at the, you know, my wife at the time. And, um, I was really excited to go and, and I very quickly realized that I'm in no physical shape to even be walking like a block, you know, and, and I was in pain and I was just, and I was irritable and agitated. I was popping pills to like help the pain, but you know, I started and then you're sweating and it's just, it's miserable. And I basically like long story short over a three day period of time, we only lasted about a day and a half of a three day trip planned. And then you kind of sit there and realize like you, you're this, you know, that's my daughter. I'm her dad. And I ruined her birthday, you know, at Disneyland mm. all because I've been kind of sitting on my ass and not doing anything. And, you know, being addicted to these, like these pills and this life that is like a fake life. And my real life is right here in front of me. And I'm not even, you know, paying attention or getting myself better for this, you know? And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the drive home was very emotional for me. I was really upset and mad at myself. And then as soon as I got into the house, you know, I tell people, I felt like the car wasn't even stopped, you know, before I was already out of that door in my house and getting rid of every narcotic that I, I had, every narcotic, all the junk food, sodas, anything, beer, everything, got rid of all of it, started dumping it all. And I uh, uh, went through uh, three days of like severe withdrawals. You know, I locked my, had, had my uh, wife at the time put me in my daughter's room and kind of just like told everybody leave me alone and let me go through it because I knew what was gonna like I already knew what was gonna happen and I went through three days of withdrawals and it was miserable and it was uh very very tough uh it's not that I was um craving to have pills it's just that I was sick you know my body was just so used to having them and the Mm. thing was is like I wasn't even in I wasn't even in pain you know, don't like sitting there, you're not, I'm not pain sitting there. I get into pain when I'm walking or running or doing anything like, you know, uh, strenuous, but uh, sitting in your house, you're not in pain. And if you are in pain, it's, it's tolerable, you know? And, mm-hmm. and, and so, you know, I, I wasn't in, um, it wasn't, I was sitting there like fiending for these pills. It's just that I was sick because I was basically detoxing on my own. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I basically went through it and I got through it. And uh, a few days later, um, you know, I started uh, watching YouTube videos of people uh, in the fitness industry. It's funny because people then I used to watch them and I'm friends with them now, which is so crazy. You know, like Dana Bailey and all them. I remember them back in the day, you know, CT Fletcher back in the day. And I just I would watch them to get motivated and kind of like learn about lifting and just the lifestyle and stuff. And uh, Rich Piana, just guys like that, you know. And so I just started going to the gym. And I remember like I would lay there or sit there before I go to the gym and just turn on some YouTube and watch these guys get pumped up and go to the gym. And it took me a long time at the gym to kind of, you know, be secure with myself. You know, I wore sweatpants for probably up near a year in the gym. It would be 110 outside. I'd still wear sweatpants. Um, You know, I didn't walk real well. Like now if I wear pants and I walk, people can't even tell, you know, but you know, and then I just kept going, you know, I, I met a couple buddies and I just told them like, just make sure I'm coming, you know, I want to be here, but you know, push me to be here, you know? And so I went and then I fell in love with it. Um, I started to get stronger. I started to look like my old self. And then, um, as people started kind of noticing that I was an amputee or kind of started figuring me out in a way, I, um, uh, 
was like, man, I just want to see how far I could push this. And it's kind of cool when I go in there and I'm lifting more than guys that are like able-bodied guys, you know? And, and so I just kept doing it and fell in love with it. And, you know, powerlifting, like what I do now, it, was, it wasn't even my realm. That wasn't even, I was just lifting the lift. And then one day um, we had this event here in Bakersfield and it was one of the guys that I watched on YouTube all the time, Rich Piana came to Bakersfield for like a meet and greet at a, at a nutrition store. And I went and uh, I went and I met, you there. I went and I met him and, um, and he, he was just cool, you know, and he, we started talking. I told him a little bit about what happened to my leg. And then next thing you know, he's like, Hey, do you want to like lift one day? Shoot a, shoot a YouTube video. And I was blown away. I was like, yeah, man, I'll come out there. You know, I was like, anytime you just let me know, I'll, I'll come out there. And he's like, no, today. He's like, let's just, let's just drive to your gym right now. And let's film some stuff. And That's I was cool. like, floored. I was floored. And, uh, so I'm like getting in my truck. Here's rich in the car behind me. I'm driving. I'm calling every single one of my friends, get your asses <laughs> to the gym. Man. Rich Piana's coming down here, you know, and, and actually, you know, we have like a hundred fucking people in the gym with us, you know, and shooting, I'm just, I'm, he wanted me to, uh, bench squat and deadlift, which I didn't really do a lot of. Uh, and he didn't care what it looked like. He didn't care what the form looked like. He just wanted to show people like no excuses, get out there, do your shit, you know? And we shot this YouTube video. We went down afterwards and had a pancake eat off and, and that was the end of it. And, 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 and that was the end of it. It was the greatest thing ever. And he never mentioned to me about anything. And then one morning I was, uh, it was like two days later, I'm sitting in bed and I had, you know, my Instagram is very small, like a couple hundred people followed it. And I had all my notifications on because I wasn't really cool. So my notifications really never, never went off, you know? And then all of a sudden my phone is just, it's just you like crazy going off. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? You know? And I was like, it can't be the picture of Rich that I posted. That doesn't make sense. And then that's where it all started. Rich put a video together, put it on his Instagram, put it on his YouTube. And that's when it all started for me. You Would know? you say and, that's, uh, the, yeah, that's the beginning of your career? That was the beginning of that it. Moment. You know, it was just, well, just seeing people like being inspired by what it is that I was doing and motivated by what I was doing. I was like, oh shit, like, man, I, I like this. Like if people are motivated by me, this is what I'm going to do. So I just started lifting, you know, and then um, uh, I would say a couple years later, I went to a powerlifting meet and watched one with some friends. And, uh, you know, when I was in the fitness, I didn't really have a calling. I didn't really have a niche. I didn't know like what it was that I was going to do. I know, like, you know, I thought, oh, compete, physique, bodybuilding, whatever, you know. I, I, I didn't know what I was going to do. And then I went to a powerlifting meet, and just the amount of energy and just the intensity and the anger, I was like, this is everything, like, me. This is me. And I was just obsessed. And then I started getting on the website, on the internet, and started looking for amputee powerlifters. And there really wasn't any. Like, there's some, but they weren't doing, like, full power, like, squat, bench press, deadlift. And I was like, why? You know, like, why? And, well, I started training, and I figured out why, because it's fucking hard, you know what I mean? It's really <laughs> hard as an amputee, let alone with all the injuries that I have, to do that type of training, to get it to a level to where you can compete against able-bodied athletes and 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 in regulation, you know, squat to depth, bench right, deadlift and lock it out, and things like that. And uh, squatting was the hardest thing for me. And uh, I trained for one year uh, straight uh, before I was able to finally learn how to free squat. Finally, free squatted. Um, 
you know, too depth, perfect. Like I could go into competition and squat. Took me a whole year. And then I did my first powerlifting comp uh, right there at the LA Fit Expo. And it was the craziest experience of my life. Like just, it's like the whole expo shut down to watch me. The videos mm-hmm. of like on YouTube. It, I remember the guy that's here. The funny story was the guy that I saw in Vegas, the first time I ever watched to me, his name's Brandon Allen. He was competing with me at that same event that I was competing at my very first powerlifting event. And I remember I was getting in the back, getting ready to pull my last deadlift. It was a 600 pound deadlift that I had failed seven times prior to my comp. I've never pulled it. And I can hear the, uh, the, the guy getting everybody hyped up. And uh, I remember Brandon coming up to me and grabbing me by the face and just being like, dude, you don't know what you're doing right now. You should see what's going on out there. And he uh, told me, he's like, you're going to go out there and you're going to pull this and you're going to change the game and powerlifting and like, you know, what it is about you today. And I didn't know what the hell he's talking about. It was the same people out there. So I went out there and just, like I said, LA Expo's huge. It was just incredible. 400, 500, 600 people just surrounding the stadium to watch me pull this one deadlift. And mm. and I pulled it, you know, for the first time ever. And that's when I was like, this is it for me. This is what I want to do. And so I've been doing it ever since. Today's episode is brought to you by Skillshare. Skillshare is a learning platform with online classes taught by the world's best practitioners personalized on-demand learning in design, photography, entrepreneurship, marketing, business analytics, and a ton more. No matter what 2021 has in store, you can spend it creating something meaningful with Skillshare's online classes because time is what we make of it. With Skillshare, you can find inspiration in the moment and learn how to express your creativity. It's a killer service that allows you to learn valuable skills at your own pace, right from the laptop or device. Skillshare is an online learning community that offers membership with meaning, with so much to explore, real projects to create, and the support of fellow creatives. Skillshare empowers you to accomplish real growth. Skillshare is also really affordable, especially when it compares to pricey in-person classes and workshops. An annual subscription is less than $10 a month. I love learning new things, and that's why I recently checked out Productivity for Creatives. Build a system that brings out the best by entrepreneur Thomas Frank. It offered some really helpful insights into staying creative, organized, and efficient while balancing a lot of tasks, like running American Brew and hosting the Reborn podcast. Other classes that Reborn listeners will enjoy include Find Your Style. It's five exercises to unlock your creative identity by Andy J. Pizza, and video for Instagram, Tell an Engaging Story in Less Than a Minute, by Halise Narvaez. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com forward slash Reborn and get a free trial of premium membership. That's Skillshare.com forward slash Reborn. What's the timeline um, from the the moment you finished your last, I don't want to say your last surgery, but because didn't you have to make the decision like whether or not you were going to amputate your, amputate your leg? Yeah. So 
basically when I got back to the States, I had my leg and it was just, the bones were just crushed and they were trying to save it. Um, I had one of those halo fix, you know, fixations around my leg and, uh, you know, it was kind of a thing. They're like, you know, it could heal more than like, you'll probably have that surgery down the road. We will possibly have the future ankle. And they were just like, you know, going back and forth about a lot of things. And then I just, one day was like, was around, I was in the amputee ward watching all these amputees, just like, get it, like kicking ass and moving. And here I am like going to be, you know, possibly have a surgery for the next five plus years. And so I was just like, can I just cut this thing off? And they were say they stayed, you know, because of the trauma that I had, I did have that like, you know, choice. Um, I had to go see three, three therapists and a psychiatrist to basically make sure that I was mentally stable. Like I'm making a right decision. Yeah. And I just told him, I said, look, man, I just said, I'm, I, this is what I want. Like, I want to, I'm ready to like get my life back on track and get going again. I don't want to deal with this leg anymore and this pain. I could barely put any pressure on it, you know? And so I said, I, I had my leg for about six months, rehabbed it for about mm-hmm. six months. And then I made a decision to cut it off and uh, I don't regret it at all. You know? And, and a lot of people are like, well, if you could go back and have a healthy leg, you know, if they could like, you know, let's, you know, for example, they're doing they're doing double arm transplants and stuff on people now. And they're like, you wow. know, would you ever do a leg transplant? I'm like, no, <laughs> no. Cause this, I've been like this for 10 years now. This is who I am. Right. This is like, this I, is I, I, I own this shit. I own this shit, you know? And no, I'm good the way I am. I'm not upset. I don't have any I mean, regrets. you wouldn't be who you are today without it, without right, that exactly, moment. Exactly. So, yeah. So, so I, I want to, I mean, you know, I want to, I want to talk about your daughter for a second. Cause I know mm-hmm. how near and dear and how close you two are. And, um, no, what, don't give, what, give me emotional thinking about her. <laughs> I know. <laughs> How old the, is she? Yeah. She just turned 11. Uh, oh. you know, uh, that is, that is everything to me. You know, I know. she really is. She big and daddy. I get it. Like I get it. Like, you know, it's your kids. Like everybody, like that's my kid, of course. But my daughter was like really different for me because, you know, I found out that, uh, my wife at the time was pregnant when I was in Kyrgyzstan. I was in Kyrgyzstan getting ready to chop her into Afghanistan when I found out she was pregnant. And, you know, we were both young. We'd only been dating for probably eight months or so. Um, and I don't know what it was. I was just like, I said, we're having her. We're having it. I, I, there's no way my dad raised me to be like this. And I care about you, you care about me. Like, let's just, let's do it, you know? And, and we did. And, and then, uh, you know, I remember I came home, I came home for her birth. And, uh, it was a rough, it was a rough birth. She was, uh, you know, ended up getting put in the NICU and mm-hmm. I mean, I had to leave and there was nothing I could do about it. So I had to leave mm-hmm. her in the NICU, get back on a plane and fly to back to Afghanistan. And then, uh, uh, you know, two months later I, I get blown up you wow. know? and, wow. uh, yeah, two months later I get blown up and, you know, now, you know, it, basically because I had a, uh, I had a brain injury, from the blast, my pituitary gland like shut down and all this whatnot. So I don't, I don't produce my testosterone. I don't do a lot of things. And so like, I can't even have kids anymore. And that's it. Like that's, that's my, that's mm-hmm. my one and only, and I can't have any more. I've done every testing that you can think of and it's just not possible. Uh, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Uh, but, um, uh, my daughter really pushed me a lot, uh, through my rehab, you know, and she was a big, big factor into me, um, amputating my leg because, you know, I know she was getting close to be, you know, she was going to be getting close to walking and I really wanted to be like part of like her first step. So, uh, it got, a, it basically got to a point where it was like a race 
to like who's going to take their first steps first, me or her, you know. <laughs> oh, I like and, it. And so how? Yeah, how she old, was just. How old was she? Huh? So you had the surgery, and then you went through. So this she was getting. Time. She was getting close to a year. Okay, and then you went through this time yeah. period of like where you were basically a couch potato. You like lost your identity. You didn't know who you were. And then, how old was she yeah. whenever you went to Disney to Disneyland, Disney World? Uh, two, I believe she, she was, was two. two. Yeah. She probably yeah, doesn't remember. It was, uh, she doesn't. I do. And uh, yeah. And you know, and I, and I and I still I still bring it up to her and apologize, you know. Yeah. And and she's like, Dad, I don't even remember. And I'm like, I know, but. Like I remember, we have photos, you know, and, and just, you know, how happy and cute she was, you know, and I'm, I, you, even though I'm smiling and I'm happy, like I was just not thrilled, you know, at all, you know, and, but, you know, it, it turned out to be great though, because it, it, it it's, uh, it made me change my life around. And then, um, I got into an amazing shape and then her next birthday, um, we did a big birthday and then we went to Disneyland again, just to mm, go for fun. Nice. And I kicked Take Disneyland's, back Disneyland's ass. <laughs> like, yeah, I tore this. Yeah, I tore Disneyland <laughs> up for three days. And nice. I remember just messing awesome. with her a little bit because she was like, you know, she was walking real good. So, you know, she walked and then we had her stroller. We'd set her in the stroller when she get tired. And I remember this one time she started like falling asleep. And I was like, oh, hell no. No, you're not getting no stroller to sleep. <laughs> no, like we're doing this and I'll keep her up, you know, and just and we went and it was just like it was so great. And, you know, and, the, you know, I remember walking um, into Disneyland the, the, uh, the second time. And I, you know, we stayed at the Disneyland hotel both times and, and you basically just walk from the hotel straight into Disneyland. And the first time we walked from the hotel, we, I didn't get very far. I got to this area right by the rainforest cafe and there was this bench and I had to sit there cause I was just sweating. I was in pain. And then the second time we're walking and I just remember just walking right past that bench and being like, just like a little, little I remember that shit. You. Let's go, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, yeah. and just, and just murdered <laughs> Disneyland and I'll, I'll go do Disneyland anytime, you know, and. And it just, like I said, it was just, it was my own fault in the beginning. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I owned up to it and wanted to make it right. And yeah, my daughter's push, she pushes me, she pushes me, why is this? she pushes me a lot, a lot, um, mm-hmm. in my life, you know, even to this day, she still, still makes me, you know, still in a lot of ways, you know, even as a dad, you know, she makes me realize like, Hey, you know, you're not paying attention to me. Or you're not doing this with me. Cause I get so over, you know, worked right now. I'm just running my own company and stuff like that. So, you know, she pulls the reins in on me a little bit and she's just like a little savior to me, man. She just brings me back to reality sometimes. So I'm sure very special. I'm sure there's a time on your road to recovery and being who you are today. Um, you've probably had to go to a lot of dark places in order to not get pulled back to remember your purpose and where where you are now, but where you are going. Um, and the name you want to, what's the name of your supplement company? Rising labs. Yeah. So you now own a supplement mm-hmm. company called rising labs, which has been, awesome. it's been over a year now. It'll be like a year and a half or two years. Yeah, it's about, no, not, we haven't hit the two year mark yet. Yeah. So I say about 18 months right now. Oh, wow. That's crazy. But what, what is it that, you know, and, and we all struggle with this, right? I think, we are all right. fighting demons and things that, you know, probably nobody else knows. Um, things that like pull us, want to pull us back. And we have to go into this dark place to remind ourselves uh. like why we are wanting to move forward. Um, yeah. Beside, like aside from your daughter, like what is it that just keeps you, keeps you going? 
you know, I heard this story. Whether or not it's true or not, I couldn't tell. I've never really just done the mad research on it. But I went through a very, very, very dark time in my life with me and my ex. Um, you know, I wasn't perfect, you know, in, in a lot of ways, mentally or anything like that. I was just a mess. I was a mess. And, you know, I just, you know, with, with, with any marriage is difficult, you know, and you're going to have your, your, you know, your hurdles and stuff like that. But, you know, I got to a really bad place when me and her split and um, was very, very like, you know, suicidal thoughts and just a lot of things. And I was really just not who I wanted to be. And I was in a place, probably one of the worst places I've been. And, um, what, what, what I, what I realized was, and I'll get back to the story. What I realized is, you know, if you, if you, you're not going to realize how many people are going to be hurt. If you, if you, if you take your own life or, you know, you go down that path, you know, you're not going to realize how many people you hurt. And, and, and there's times where you may feel like nobody cares, but the thing is what it is, is that just people, life is busy. People are busy. They can't sit there and cater to you and, 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 and pat you on the back and hug you and, you know, and give you all that every single day, all the time, you know? And, uh, you know, the story that I heard was there's this guy, he jumped off the golden, the golden gate bridge down in Frisco. And it has a zero life expectancy of once you hit that water, you die. And there was this one guy that jumped and he lived and he got to tell his story. And what he said was, is the moment that he let go of himself off that bridge where he jumped the fall, he realized he had made a mistake. He realized that he was about to hurt so many people in his family. And when he hit the water, he obviously was unconscious and a boat came and grabbed him and put him in there and he lived and he got to tell this story. And so it's something like whether or not it's true or not, like I said, I don't know. I would, I, I probably should look into it because it makes sense mm -hmm. because at that given moment, you're, you're just, you're in such a state of mind where you're not thinking clearly and then you do something. And then a lot of times you don't get the opportunity to like sit back and rethink about like what it is that you just did. And then you're not going to ever get to sit there and feel your mom, your daughter, your wife's husband, whatever. You're not going to get to feel the pain that they're, that you caused them. Mm -hmm. And so that's basically like where I'm at. And don't get me wrong. Even since that time, I've had dark times. I've, I had, I had dark, I had some really bad times, like a few months ago, like six, seven, eight months ago, you know, where I was just not in a good place. And, yeah. you know, and as much as I have my daughter and stuff like that, you still get to a point where you're just like, you know, you don't think it's even worth it. But, you know, do I, I sit there and I tell myself, like, do I want my daughter being raised by another man? Do I want her having like another mm -hmm. like dad, you know, figure? No, I want her to like, look at me and be like, oh, that's my dad. You know, I want to be there to, you know, for her first breakup, you know, and her, her first, I want to be the one that gives her her car and, you know, be at her prom and just see her dressed up and wedding. And I want to give her away. And I want to be there for my, you know, when she has her, you know, gets announced the, you know, her first kid. And I, I want to be a part of that. And um, that's where I feel like people sometimes forget is like, you know, all the stuff that you can miss out. And with life, you know, there is no, you know pause there is no put another quarter in you get to come back and redo it you know there is none of that it's 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 this is it and it's very mm -hmm. precious and uh now i like i do i try to live my life very very fast paced because i want to do as much as i can with how much time i got left and you know i just tell myself when i get into these these modes where i'm just very upset or i am feeling like i'm getting beat down or i'm overwhelmed uh, or things just continuously aren't going right um you, you know, you, 
you got to just dig deep and fight through it. And, uh, and, and if you do, it, it all comes around, you know, it, it'll, it'll pick back up. Nobody, you know, unless you put yourself in a certain situations can sit there and, um, live every day miserable because like you, for example, you've been, to, you've been to some crazy places in this world where you've done things for these people that live horribly. And we're over here bitching about, you know, little things when there's people over here that barely, they, they don't even know if they're going to get water, fresh water, or right, if they're going to get relative. to eat today or tomorrow. You know what I mean? So, it, it, and that's what, you, and that's what I think is like, unfortunately with us, like here, like, you know, a lot of, a lot of us humans, we're accustomed or we think that we have to live a certain way. And, and that like, you know, like, for example, like, you know, for me, like, for example, let's say my company starts going under, Oh my God, life's over. I lose my company. Da, da, da. No, it's not, you know, it's just got to figure out how to do it. If you don't, if you do lose your company, then you got to figure out what you're going to do next and how to fight back. Mm-hmm. You know, I get, I still get to wake up every day to my daughter. I still get to wake up every day with a roof. I got food, water, you know, friends, family that can actually help you. There's just parts of this world that they don't get that opportunity, but yet, there, a lot of them are happier than a lot of us, mm-hmm. you know? So you- it's crazy to see it, but that's just kind of how I think now, I, you know, don't get me wrong. Depression is a real thing. Even the hard ass of my, like myself, I get depressed, <laughs> you know, but it just takes time. That, uh, to, it takes time to come out of it. Yeah. Do you think that, that fitness, uh, saved you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think 100% it did. Uh, I think I would have, I think it gave you purpose. I think fitness and my uh, fitness and my daughter saved me. Fitness gave mm-hmm. me purpose uh, for sure. Uh, gave me a lot of drive. It gave me um, a sense of like, especially when I did my first powerlifting competition. Like, damn, I I did that shit. Like, I really did it with all the doctors, all the people, all the coaches, and everybody thinking like, there's no fucking way I did that shit, you know. And mm-hmm. and I think about that all the time. And you know, I the thing is with fitness is I know a lot of people they kind of, they don't understand like that. And, 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 but if you go in and you work out and you do these things and you see your body change, you know, you, you feel better, you look better. That's a real thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And why, that's why fitness is, that's why it's an industry that will never go away because it's a place where it saves people, whether it saves your life, like physically and or mentally. It really mm-hmm. does do that for a lot of people. And, and I can't tell you right now, I can tell you right now, I could go on a tangent about how many well-known <laughs> fitness people I know that fell into fitness due to having like insecurities, depression, some type of like drug addiction or something that are now like famous, crazy, in shape stars, you know, yeah, fitness, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. well-known people, tons. I could go off all day about it, you know, whether you be a criminal and you decide to get into fitness. I mean, I, I follow a couple guys that are, are were in prisons. Like, well, they're just in prisons. They're felons. What are you going to do when you get out to be a you know felon? It's hard to get a job. I know a guy right now lives in San Diego in a penthouse suite that uh, drives a Lamborghini SUV and a, and a Bentley or a Rolls Royce. And he was in prison. as And he's a felon. And he's living better than most people. And it's, it's just mentality. He got out. Yeah. He wanted to better his life. He busted his ass. He does his things. And it's just like me. What? When people say like, oh, dude, how do you, how did you do this? Or man, it's just, it's crazy. You run a company. Let me tell you what, I don't know what the hell I'm doing over here running this company. Mm-hmm. Every day I go in, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm a high school graduate and I was an airborne infantryman that got blown up. I have nothing, no business degree, no business, nothing, you know, but I'm, I, I'm, I want to figure it out and I want to push myself and I want to better myself. And, 
And it's just, you know, it all started from what fitness, same with this guy. It started from fitness for him getting out, having a bad time in life. And, and now he runs a very well, um, online coaching thing that is where he makes all of his money at where he's just like worldwide known now. And he trains people to become healthier physically and mentally. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, do you want to, um, do you want to talk about what we're, yeah, I was going to say, um, so we haven't said any, we haven't, we haven't said anything about like what you and I are doing in May. Right. I don't even want to say scheming up because it's, it's, it's in the works. Are you still, are you, are we still doing set. it Casey? Yeah. I mean, so and I what mean, are you yeah, doing I mean, in May? Cause the, some of the listeners don't know. Yeah. Nobody so knows. If you want to give um, them or Ashley, what, if you want to say, reveal yeah so no of course i mean i'm doing a lot of different things right now like i am traversing from box or from uh powerlifting to boxing it's just something that that's uh, kind of a trend right now fat i guess you could say and i'm not big into fats i used to be a cage fighter can't cage fight anymore so i uh Would you cage fight you know, i really enjoy co- <laughs> yeah uh, if she makes me, if she ever makes me do another 24-hour wad you bet that ass you know but it's just a whole nother challenge for me. You know, my body's changing right now. It's mentally challenging to watch me like kind of shrink down and not be this like whirly, like, you know, dude. Um, but I'm in like the best conditioning I've been in in 10 years. And I plan to, I plan to box. I plan to compete in, in, in an am- in amateur boxing and um, where to lead from there. I don't know, but I know like once I get into something, I'm kind of like, that's where my addiction comes, you know, like with powerlifting, I trained for a very long time in powerlifting. Now I'm addicted to boxing. I'm training, you know, two plus times a day, five to six days a week. And I'm obsessed. I'm watching videos and I'm just, I'm learning, you know, I'm just, I'm obsessed with it. And, Mm. um, it's just, it's so hard and I'm doing, and I'm moving in ways that I didn't think that my body could do at all. Like these agilities, like side to side movements and this pivoting stuff with my knee and stuff. Things that I was scared of, I'm like naturally doing it now. So, um, no, I mean, I'm down, man. Shoot, you just all we got to do is strap it on and <laughs> and uh, and, and, and bitch and complain for you know a few days. Yeah. So, have you uh, have you started training for you and Ashley's <clears throat> little adventure going down in May? Um, so like I haven't, I haven't really like threw on a ruck and started going. Um, but so the my, listeners like don't said, know right now, I'm very. What's the that? listeners don't know what's going down. We kind of like previewed it before we got jumped on with you, but so they don't know what you guys are doing. I know because I know Ashley, but um, it's Memorial yeah. Day weekend. Memorial Day week. So you're flying out here, Casey, to VB. And what's going yeah. on? What's going to happen? So we're going to be walking 200, 200 miles uh, from Virginia Beach to um, Arlington Cemetery up in D.C., um, awesome. The goal is to arrive there on Memorial Day in honor of all the uh, guys that are no longer here at Arlington Cemetery. And um, this is something me and Ashley have been talking about doing some crazy stuff for years now. And uh, somehow this is what has transpired is hey, this 200 guys, mile uh, walk. You, Raising you, money for so. this cause? Yeah, for the Navy SEAL Foundation. But uh, yeah, we're going to raise money for the Navy SEAL Foundation. But you know what? You just, you kept you kept rattling my cage and uh you know you maybe like, you can end it with a murph yeah. at yeah. arlington <laughs> yeah it it's gonna it's again. gonna suck <laughs> yeah but, it is we're, we're working on all is, the logistics it's just, so yeah the thing is it's just just walk man one foot in front of the other for a few days and yeah with 65 pounds on our pack 
Yeah, you know, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun one, you know, for sure. Uh, the the and and the thing is, is that we're not like we're not staying in hotels or anything like that. We're just camping out. Yeah, yeah, we're trying to figure that out because, like, logistically, I think the less that we sleep, the better. Like, I know that we're gonna need to rest, but um, yeah. at the same time, every time we slow down and we yeah. stop. Um, it's going to be that much harder getting back up and, and getting going. And then also like all the precautions, like with you, um, I mean, I, I like, I'm not going to be complaining at all. Like I have both of my legs, you have one. Um, so I'm going to be, I'm going to be complaining the first 10 minutes. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to work on my squats and I'll just put you on my back, Casey, if we have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, what the hell are we doing, man? Shit. Can you, you know, imagine, but, can you imagine after we go through, like, I, I'm not even sure how many days it's going to take us yet, but I'm pretty sure you and I are going to absolutely hate each other where we probably will get in a boxing fight at some point. I don't think Arlington. I spoke to you after, I don't think I spoke to you after that one thing for like a couple of weeks. <laughs> no, he literally hated me. And then he was like, oh man, you know, I, I, I spent I, some time thinking about it. It was the coolest thing ever. It was. No, I look back and I'm like. That was one that honestly was one of the hardest things I've ever done uh, since like being, uh, you know, wounded uh, and the way I am. That was vicious, you know, especially for me, like, you know, CrossFit's not my thing. And to do a lot of those things that everybody was doing. I mean, obviously, there were some wads that I was really good at, but 90 uh, percent of them I was not. And I wasn't uh, I had zero endurance. I didn't have any cardio. I didn't do cardio. I was yeah. I think I was like 250 pounds or so. Just how yeah, much do you weigh now? A big blob. So, so I weigh two thirty right now. I'm very excited about oh, that. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Still huge. Jeez. I weighed two sixty five in uh, October of last year, and now I'm down to two thirty. So just because of all the that's training, skinny that the legend. Just everything, my that's eating so and everything's different solid. now. Yeah, I have abs for the first time in ten years. I'm stoked about it. Like what? I just want to walk <laughs> around and show them off. I haven't even seen them, man. It's just. They're, they're decent, you know? That's nice. She's looking nice. in the mirror, just like do a it's, little touch. It's like, a, I, I'm impressed. Every time I'm like, holy shit, 10 years, yeah. I haven't seen God those things. God damn, but, I'm sexy. You know, I'm just in good shape, man. I feel good. And, and that's the thing. Yeah. And that's key right now is like, I feel really healthy. Um, you know, yeah. And I, and I know that's all this is going to help anyway, going into, you know, this 200 mile yeah. walk is just my cardio is getting better. And, and like I said, I do cardio every day um, with the rucking thing. It's just gonna suck, man. You have, you have. You, there's really the only way to train for rucking is to get out and start rucking, you know. And and I plan right. to do that here soon, you know. It's just get my cardio up a little bit. I have my ruck right here at my house, and I always throw a backpack on and go and go for nice <laughs> little walks, you know, ten miles or so. I mean, I got 190 miles more to go, but it's doable. Let's do yeah. it. I'm excited. I'm excited hey, for you so, guys okay. to do it. So get, give yourself a plug. Where can people follow you at? Where th- can they buy your supplements at? What's your favorite supplement that you're taking? Give plug yourself. So my Instagram is that one leg monster that and the national number one leg monster. Uh, I really just do Instagram pretty much. I don't do Twitter and all that. Uh, and then my um, uh, supplement company is rising labs. You can just risinglabsco.com. Um, that's mine. I own it. I print, pack, ship, do customer support, do it all, uh, which is crazy, but I do. And then I, um, right now my favorite, my favorite is just, is the overkill pre-workout. It's a, you know, good stem, good caffeine pre-workout, no jitters, no crash. Um, just nice, clean, uh, boost of energy. 
you know, when I formulate, you know, and, and get these supplements all going, you know, it's, uh, it's for performance, you know, it's, it's, that's what I create these things are, you know, for is just like performance athletes, um, you know, and, and so far, like I said, it's done, it's done well. You know, I started out with four products, uh, one being a thermogenic fat burner. And then the other three was um, a pre-workout, a non-stem pre-workout, and then EAAs. And all those were just one flavor. Now I have, oh man, six, seven different products. Um, all of them have about three flavors. Which is each, crazy. You know? It's crazy how fast you've grown over like 18 months. I mean, and it's the fact been, that you do it. I've seen your setup. You do it all. You do it all yourself. I do it all myself. Yeah. So pretty, 18 months, I've incredible. expanded three, I've expanded three times in the last 18 months. Wow. And, uh, it is not Hell easy. Yeah. It's hard. This is, and then all oh, my third expansion was moving into a very big warehouse. And then two months later, the pandemic happened and almost, almost crushed me, you know, and, but, uh, almost crushed my little company, but, uh, you know, I just put my head down and, you know, uh, the, my fan base has been amazing and the customers have been amazing. And, you know, I just try to, I try to do the best that I can, you know, with it. And, uh, I've had a lot of hiccups and a lot of bumps and a lot of, uh, mistakes, but that's what part of running a business is, man. You're going to, you, you know, you're yes. probably gonna have more mistakes than, than good things happen, you know? So, yeah. um, that's you know, how you learn. Going, everything's starting to seem, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm still learning to this day and, um, you know, things seem to be picking up. The last couple of months have been real good. December, December was a very scary month for myself. I thought I was going to move out of my building because it was just, didn't make any sense to be in such a big building if things weren't going to mm -hmm. be going. And then uh, January kind of came around, which obviously makes sense always that January is a little busy, but it got real busy. And then February has been really good. So hopefully, mm -hmm. like I said, things just keep going. And, uh, you know, the, the, the supplement thing is just it's it's a way of me um, doing something that I enjoy. But mm -hmm. I can only I'm only going to be able to do the social media stuff, lift weights box do it you know crazy ruck marches like we decided you know for for so long um this is just something that i'm trying to build to where when my body decides to like not allow me to do what it is that i'm doing anymore um you know i have a way of like supporting my daughter and stuff like that you know yeah yeah that's awesome well, well i'm really excited so, for your company and thank you for being with us today and taking time out of your day to talk to us we we're yeah. really excited to have you on yeah. the show Really appreciate your yeah, time, and you it was inspiring listening to your story. It is, yeah. You have a you have an awesome uh, reborn story, Casey, and I can't imagine I like all the conversations we're gonna have whenever I see you out here. Um, hopefully, if not sooner, bring your I, boxing gloves. I, I, yeah, bring your boxing gloves. We'll go find a, a gym <laughs> to spar at. Whatever, <laughs> I have some uh, heavy bags out yeah. here. So, um, yeah, thank you so much, Casey. Have a wonderful day. Of and um, you too. Yeah. Enjoy that beautiful 75 degree weather. Yeah. Dude, Casey's awesome. What a cool yeah. guy. He is a super cool guy. Really inspiring. I, um, I, I'm looking forward to. I can't wait to meet him in person. <laughs> I hope I get to meet him when you guys do your oh, yeah. rock. You'll definitely He's meet funny. him. But can you imagine the stories that, yeah. or the things that we're probably going to talk about? <laughs> walking two hundred miles together, You're like with that's a, a, nice a tree rock at the end. Yeah, that's, <laughs> like, a, nice that's tree. a really nice tree. Yeah, um, it, yeah, he's really inspiring and just what he has gone through. Because you know there had to have been a, a crossroads in his journey where he could have stayed where he was mm -hmm. on the couch, absolutely do, feeling sorry for himself. Um, playing video games, 
He pulled himself out that hole. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he said enough is enough. In life. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So we're doing the, the rock. It's uh, we're starting before Memorial Day. So you're going to get there Monday because we want to get there. We're going to end Memorial on Memorial okay. Day. Cool. And if possible, I would like to do a Camp Valor out there. Um, after mm. we finish, not on yeah. Arlington, not on the cemetery, like yeah, in the cemetery, but somewhere in a, in a park close by. So, um, logistically that's the plan. Um, we're still trying to figure out how many days it's actually going to take mm-hmm. us. It's kind of difficult to calculate, um, because we know like if we're going to take like three hours, four hours off every day to mm-hmm. rest, um, and the rest of it's walking, you know, and we're walking with 65 pounds on our pack. We don't really know how yeah. fast we're going to be able to go. So it's it's definitely hard to figure out logistically how, what day we need to start right. to finish. I would like to finish Monday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm excited. I'm excited. I'll pack some sandwiches for you guys from American I really, Brew. I really want to drive the food truck. You want to drive the food truck? Yeah, have somebody drive the food truck behind us. <laughs> just then, throw some Lesnar's out there. Yeah, man, if we get hungry, there. American Brew Food Truck, we just <laughs> throw out some burritos. Be like, awesome. Yolena, make me a latte. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> Like, why not, though? Can you imagine? It's not I wonder, a bad idea. We just need to find the, uh, yeah. like, the police lights that go on top. It's like, the meow, escort. Meow. Yeah. yeah, the escort lights. And it could be a food truck. Like, escort us all the way to D.C. I'm excited. I, I think that's <laughs> going to be really cool for you guys. I hope. It all works out. And yeah. Can't wait. How's your training been? Because we have reborn, what is it? Week, week four. We are going into week four, you guys. This is the second and last reborn week. workout. Second to last. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, I'm not sure what we're going to do afterwards. If we're going to keep going with the reborn workout or if we're going to, I don't know. So we'll see. We'll figure do it you, out. You guys let us know. If you like the workouts and you want us to do it again, um, we can keep programming. Maybe we could do like a specialty core yeah, workout. Maybe we can do body groups. That could be fun, kind of fun. We'll figure it out. Yeah. So we'll let um, you guys know. week four is coming. We've been seeing a lot of interaction and it's been awesome. We love it. Um, it's so inspiring. yeah. And Lane is doing the workouts mm-hmm. and she's loving them. She's making some substitutes. I feel good. I look good. And it's nice going into the gym, having a plan and having a it, workout. It takes like a stress, one less thing to not that you have to think about. about. It's so easy. Yeah. It's so easy. And then if you look at your plan, you're like, well, like I either can't do that today because no I don't have the. I don't have the piece of equipment or I, you know, I want to do this because I want to focus on this muscle group a little bit more. Right. So it's easy to just, you can substitute things out. Just, or just Google it yeah. too. If you're like, okay, well, I don't want to do this because I maybe have an injury or whatnot. Search. There's literally like replacement workouts for every group that might be a little easier on your muscle. Have you known how to do all the exercises? No. So you I had haven't. to, no, I had, to, I had to Google some Cool. and it was easy peasy. They nice. literally have videos that show exactly what you have to do. Cool. So, guys, get on it. Send us your videos. Send us your pictures. Let us know what you think. Uh, tell us your stories. We love hearing from you all. Yeah. And that is that is it, guys. Make sure you subscribe. Give us a feedback. Write a review. Um, tell your friends about the Reborn Podcast if you feel like your there mom, is... Your mom, your grandma. <laughs> I always end like that. Um, <laughs> if you feel like somebody can benefit from this podcast or what we talk about, um, just share it with them. Uh, if there's anything that you guys would like us to talk about on the Reborn Podcast, just shoot us a DM or you can email us at rebornpod at ashleyhorner.co. And that is it for our show today. Peace out. Peace out. Bye. Bye. Bye.